I know many people are watching us online. My mom watches online. So hi, mom. I hope you didn't get hit by the hurricane up there on the East Coast. And I know our friends in Arkansas are watching. My wife actually traveled to Little Rock. Lisa's in Little Rock right now. She sent me a text of them watching online. And so I just want to say now, Lisa, that I did not do the dishes. (laughs) And when you come back, it's going to be a mess. But I'm injured. And I'm doing the best I can. (laughs) You think she bought that? (laughs) So, hey, and I want to say hi to all the uh, folks at West End and Moe City. I've been at every campus this week talking to leaders and uh, volunteers at our rallies. And, man, I am so encouraged. I know this is a difficult time. uh, And back to school's tough. And last week at our Richmond campus, and really every camp, we prayed for educators and I, I am just, I am just so um, really sympathetic and, and empathetic with what, what educators have to go through now that we're, our, our biggest school district in Fort Bend uh, uh, is, well, one of the biggest is Lamar, and they're starting school tomorrow, and it's just crazy, crazy. So we're praying. Thank you for being here. It's so exciting. If you're watching online locally here in Houston, we hope that you'll Catch one of our services when you feel comfortable at one of our campuses. We'd love to have you. I, ha- I ran into a guy at a barbecue shop. How are y'all doing? I'm just kind of rambling right now. Ran into a guy at a barbecue shop. He's never really been to our campus, but watches this online. But he lives in Siena. And I said, dude, you've got to go try it. And he goes, okay. And so uh, we're hoping more and more people find us and find out one of our locations for sure. We're in a series called Are We Good? Because we're talking about relationships. And relationships are so connected with our sense of happiness. And as our relationships are good, well, life is good. And when our relationships aren't good, regardless of what else is going good, life is tough and life is difficult. Last week, we started the series. We're talking about our relationships in the home we grew up in, our parents, specifically our dads. We talked about daddy issues. It was a cry fest in here, man. I'm telling you, you probably don't even need to go to YouTube and see that one, okay? So, but it really unearthed a lot of things for a lot of people. And uh, so this week, I thought with school starting and everything, it'd be a great week to talk about friends. Talk about our relationship with friends. You know, we all need friends. You know, the most influential people in your life are the people you hang out with, really the top five people you hang out with. And somebody, when I was raising kids, somebody said, man, those 18 years go by fast. And what I realized is you don't have 18 years with your kids, right? What happens is you're the most influential. I remember when my kid had four kids, and I remember when I was Superman, man, and they loved me. They, they thought I was incredible. They listened to me. They liked to hang out with me. We laughed a lot. And then about age 12 or 13, I became less influential and their friends became more influential. And you really have about 12 years to do things because all of a sudden they start listening to their friends and and hanging out with their friends and you're you're dumb as dirt at that point. You know, I mean, that's just kind of like, well, it's just kind of happens. They do come back by the way, but that's why when our kids go off to school, we want to make sure they hang around the right people, Right. Like, we were always so scared about our kids' friends. You know, it's like, well, bring them over. We want to meet who you're hanging out with. You know, we smell them. You smell like weed. What's going on, man? You know, and uh, everybody's smoking weed now, you know, and it's just like, what's going on? You know, that kind of deal. Because, listen, here, you can believe whatever you want to about your little pumpkin, but whatever their friend's doing, your pumpkin's doing. Oh, no, I don't do that stuff, Mom. I'm just praying for them. I'm just trying to lead him to Jesus. Woo-hoo. So we were on them, man. We were on our kids saying, man, we want to make sure you hang out 
with the right people. It was only after our kids graduated we realized our kids weren't the right people. I mean, it was just like everybody in the community was saying, man, I don't care who you hang out with, just don't hang out with the preacher's kids. I'm telling you, man, they were trouble, and many of them were for sure. And what we recognize for all of us is that people, the friends that we have are the most influential people that we can tell. That we, that we have in our life. In fact, you can tell the character of somebody's life by the people they hang out with. You know this, say it with me, West End, Missouri City Online, birds of a feather, and that is true. So that is true. And so you gotta be careful about this because it's influential in your life, but it's also, you wanna be the kind of friend that influences the, in the right way. In fact, this is not new. This idea of you become who you hang out with is not new. In fact, back in Proverbs, thousands of years ago, it says this, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you end up in trouble. I know that to be true. When I was in high school, I accepted Christ. Now, before then, man, I was, I was at the lake every weekend. I was having a good time and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, right? And then I got tired of that, and somebody explained to me that God loved me and wanted a relationship with me, and I wanted forgiveness. I knew I couldn't be good enough, so I needed grace. And so I believed in Jesus, that Christ died for my sins, was buried and rose again, and I began to follow him. And something happened that was kind of weird. I sort of began a two sort of a, two ways to live my life, one during the week and one during the weekends, you know? And so I started growing and understanding and all of a sudden I became, under, and I love this, but then my, I, my buddies would call me up, hey man, what are you doing this weekend? I said, well, I gotta work, but after I work, you know, well, come out to Sandbass Point on Grapevine Lake. Oh man, I can't do that. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> okay, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, and it was just kind of a, it's very schizophrenic life, you know? It was just like, and what I realized is the pull of this community that I had was, um, was very, very powerful in my life. And it was only until I matured that I became to realize, man, I've gotta, I've gotta really stand strong with some friends that will encourage me to walk in an upright way. I mean, really walk in an upright way. So, so this is the thing, we all need a place to belong. It's powerful. We all want to be a place where we're invited to, a group of people that like us and hang out with us and want us to be part. That's the way God made you and me. We were built for community, and we need that desperately. And that draw is so powerful. Sometimes you find yourself in a community of people that you really wouldn't have chosen, but these are the people that invited you in and made you feel warm and welcome, that gave you a seat at the table, so to speak. This is why people sometimes find themselves in a community that's destructive and harmful, but it is their community. This is why sometimes, many times, young boys and girls uh, uh, join gangs, you know, or, or cults, or worse yet, country clubs. You know, it's just kind of like, come on in, you know, this is where we want you, that kind of thing. And that's the kind of thing, place we want our church to be. We want our church on all three campuses to be a place where you feel welcome. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you believe, regardless of where you are in your relationship with God or don't have a relationship with God, but you're seeking something, we want to make sure you feel welcome and that you feel like you belong here because we're all broken and we all need a savior. So that's one of our deals. So <clears throat> friendship is really important. So I want you to think about two things today. 
One, I want you to think about the friends you have. And I want you to think about, you really only have about five friends that would be, if that, would be considered your best friends. And I'm so thinking, well, my very first best friend was a guy named Keith Marceau in sixth grade. I remember us hanging out a lot. I, he, I think one of us said, so I guess we're best friends now. You know, that kind of deal. It's like, well, okay, sixth grade, give me a break. Okay, so we hung out. I love the Marceau family. And then in high school, my best friend was Bo Oglesby. And Bo lives in Chattanooga today, and we still stay in touch. And Bo moved to Grapevine his senior year in high school. Can you imagine how difficult that would be? And we just hit it off and became great friends. And boy, really encouraged me. And then in college, I had uh, people like Leah Humphrey and some other folks that were just really great friends of mine. Jonathan Beasley was just an influential friend of mine. He lives in Arkansas now. And, and we just you can just look back, and I'm just so thankful for the friendships I have. The most famous friendship in the Bible is the friendship between David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan. Now, you might not know the history, so you should read about it in 1 Samuel, but Jonathan was the king's oldest son and really the heir to become the king after Saul died. He was raised in the palace and taught how to fight fights, armor. He was given every privilege. David, on the other hand, was the youngest of eight boys, and he was a shepherd. He was born in Bethlehem, and he was taught how to tend sheep and how to play the harp. And so they were very, very different. You know, uh, Jonathan... Although he was the rightly heir of the kingdom, uh, David ended up becoming king, and yet they became best friends, and they were very committed to one another. This verse in 1 Samuel kind of sums up their friendship. It says this, Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. That, that's really the idea, the, the nature of their friendship. And if you look at, through 1 Samuel and follow their friendship, this is the key. They encourage one another to find strength in God. You're not going to solve all your friends' problems, right? But you can help them find strength in God. It's really key. This is why this is such a gift. We need this in our lives. So here's the first thing to mark down. Friends are gifts from God, and we need them. And we need them more desperately now during a pandemic than we've ever needed them before because we have sort of dumbed down in the social media age that we have, dumbed down the ideal of friends to a click. But friendship is so much deeper than that. In an era of social distancing and isolation and quarantining and all that stuff, we need to know that people are in our lives and committed to us. We all need friends and we all need community. It's the only way, listen to me, it's the only way you're going to grow in life. It's the only way that you're going to be challenged to become something you currently aren't. We all need this level of encouragement in our life. We need to encourage us in our life. And so you might have just moved here. I met several people in our first service that just moved here from out of state. They don't have any friends. This guy's, well, we just moved here, my wife and I, we don't know anybody. And I gave him my card. I said, come on, let's go have coffee sometime. The reason friendships are, are so important, real friendships, I mean real friendships, is that these are relationships where you can be yourself. You know, you don't have to pretend. You can be vulnerable. You know, my best friends today do not think of me as pastor. I think about Kevin Garland and Keith Jones and Ed Vaughn and, and uh, people that just are committed to me. And I'm committed to them. And I know they're friends, and I've been with them in good and bad times. And I know all of my friends that don't think of me as pastor have often wondered, how did he become pastor? <laughs> 
because I'm just myself, you know? And these friendships are so important to me and so vital to me, and they're long-lasting. When you get to my age, one of the beautiful things about being in, their, in your late 50s is the fact that you've had friends for decades. And, I, and, and, and all of a sudden, they've been with you, they've traveled with you, they've rejoiced with you, people have cried with you, they've had a bond that's formed with you. It's just this idea, I just so appreciate people that don't, don't listen to me and they, you know, and they, they just come into my life because they say, well, how's it going? And it looks like you, you're under a lot of pressure or something. And I go, no, 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 uh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. You know, you play that game, I'm fine, fine, nothing's wrong. Yeah, fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, it's fine. And, and uh, they don't listen to me and they say, no, no, something's wrong. And my friends will say, no, no, really, something's gotta be wrong. I say, well, how do you know something's wrong? He said, well, you've gained so much weight. I mean, really. So, I mean, you just, I mean, friends will tell you, you got something in your teeth. You know, your shirt, you smell funny. I mean, uh, your friends are there to help you and it ain't always pretty. It's awkward at times. And it's this kind of friendship where you can know that I'm not going to be rejected. That I'm going to, I'm going to be in, that these people are committed to me. Those kinds of friendships are special, man. They're gifts from God. I think about Jonathan and David. They were committed to one another. And even though David became king and Jonathan didn't, they became committed to it. Jonathan had a son. Jonathan's son was handicapped. He was crippled, couldn't walk. And when Jonathan died, David took care of his son. I mean, that's what friends do. That's the kind of relationship God wants to have with us. I don't know how you think of God. I mean, it's hard to not think about God as high and lifted up and mighty and all creator of the heavens and the earth and all that. But God wanted to be so much closer than that. In fact, John reports this, that Jesus said, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends. Can you imagine the God of the universe saying, you're my friend. You want to be my buddy? Who's your buddy? I'm your buddy. You're our buddies. We're friends. The God of the universe wants to be your friend. He wants to provide you a relationship that's safe, that you don't fear rejection, that you can be yourself, as goofed up as you are, and he's going to provide correction and encouragement. He's going to rejoice with you. He's, his heart's broken when your heart's broken. He's with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. This is what he's saying. You are my friends. And he says, if you do what I command, this means I want you to go along with me. I want us to hang out together. I want you to follow me. You see, this is the idea. I think Christianity has got sort of this misunderstanding that being a Christian is about what you believe. That you believe the right things, so you're a Christian. Jesus redefined that and said, no, it's about following me. It's about you come and follow me. I mean, the devil believes. So you come and follow me. That's what a friendship is. He didn't come to give you a set of beliefs or even a set of standards or even a moral compass. He came to be your friend so you can hang out in intimacy and you can follow him in life. And he'll, he'll lead you and you follow him. So yeah, you want to be my friend? I mean, that's that thing. We have all these friends in high school, right? And we promised on graduation day we'd still be together. I hang out about once a year with two of those great friends. And we just stay in contact. We live in different cities now. Bo Oglesby, Leah Humphrey, or Leah Renhack now, and, um, and a few others, because we just couldn't 
hang out together anymore because of distance. But Jesus provides this opportunity for us to hang out and to follow him. And he goes on to say this. I no longer call you servants. I don't want that kind of relationship, he says. I don't want this relationship where I'm the boss and you're the employee and I just tell you things as you need to know them. No, because a servant does not know his master's business. I want you to know my business because we're friends, right? He goes on to say, instead, I've called you friends. Everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You get the inside scoop with God, right? That you're friends, you follow him, you follow his commands. And all of a sudden, this friendship uh, happens happens, you feel God, that God is closer than a brother even, and all of a sudden you, you realize that you're growing and you have insight into your world you live into, and the, the life you're living, and the purpose that you have, and the calling you have, and you have this eternal thing that's happening, this eternal thing. So this life is so temporary, and it just passes by so quickly, and then all of a sudden there's this eternal thing that happens, and your friend, Jesus... You know him? Jesus, your friend, he gives you this insight. He says, come on, follow me through this life. Even though you walk through the valley of darkness and the kingdom of heaven is with you, I'm telling you, I'm going to get you through. I'm going to help you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. And all of a sudden we go, ah, oh, there's hope. I don't have to have everything in life work out because I've got a friend. You see, not everything's going to go my way. I'm going to be treated unfairly. Unfair things are going to happen. Tragedy is going to occur. This is a terrible sermon. So sorry. I wish I could be more positive. But what is positive and what is hopeful is that in the midst of darkness, God is your friend. He's with you. And that's the, that's the deal. Here's the thing. Friends help in times of difficulty. One of the great things about the Garlands is we have kids about the same age and we've raised our kids. And there was periods of time where they had a lot of trouble with their kids and we'd just show up. And there was a lot of times where we had trouble with our kids and they'd just show up. And I think there's something beautiful in that. The fact that you just show up, you commiserate together. I didn't have any answers for them. Heck, I was having my own problems. And they didn't have a lot of answers for me, but they were there. You see, and the worst thing about having difficulty, the worst, what's worse than having trouble is having trouble and going through it alone. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen to you. And the way God created community is that you don't have to go it alone, that all of a sudden God is with you. I love this proverb here. It says, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And here's the promise. You're going to have adversity. So are you that kind of friend that will show up in the midst of other people's adversity? Now, let me give you a warning here. You can't be everybody's friend, not at this level. You can be friendly to everybody, and I hope you are. I was thinking about Walmart there for some reason. Every time I go in there, it feels like I'm going to get in a fight. And so, yeah. <laughs> is it just me? It's like I walk in and people start harassing me. It's like, what's going on here? You know? No, <laughs> this is the idea is that you have a few people in your life that are your friends. And we're so freaking busy. We got fences around our house. We just want to get home and watch the game. 
You got to build friendships. I'm so thankful for the friends that I have. I'm thankful for new friends like Jack, who just started working with us. We, we get together and talk from time to time. He has this, uh, he's from South Africa, so he has this accent that just makes, he, makes me think he's smarter than he is. <laughs> he's just amazing. Just love that guy. I, 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 just, I just treasure it. Now, some people, like my wife, my wife Lisa, she has just a few friends and they're deep. I have a lot more friends and they're not as deep, you know, because I don't know, I'm, just, I'm not as deep. And... Uh, <laughs> But man, these friends that show up during times of trouble, man, it's a powerful, powerful thing. It's, listen, you want to be this kind of friend. So instead of just sitting there thinking, well, I don't have a friend like that, why don't you think about being a friend like that? You know, why, why don't you ask yourself the question, are you a good friend to somebody? Not to everybody, but to somebody. Are you a good friend? Are you the friend that when you know something's going on, you drop what you're doing and you show up over there? I mean, you see that in the life of Jonathan and David. Jonathan had many reasons to give up on David, but he didn't give up on David. And David remained faithful to Jonathan. I mean, it was a powerful thing. It's not that you're not going to have tension in your friendships. You do have tension in your friendships. But the idea here is that those friends are God's tools to encourage your life. And so whose life are you encouraging today as a friend? Who needs a phone call from you today or a text or a note? I know you're busy. But you know they're going through a tough time. So you just pick up the phone and you say, hey, I just wanted you to know, I was thinking about you today. I really care about you today. Or if you know you're really going in trouble, like I say, you just show up at their house. I mean, that's really the test of friendship, right? You just show up. Our best friends don't even knock. They just come in. Which is awkward when I'm sitting around in my underwear. But it has happened. And... Uh, but you just show up. Listen, here's the thing. You don't know what to say. You're not that wise. Listen, when I'm going through trouble and friends showed up in my life, when we were having trouble with our kids or trouble in our marriage or trouble in whatever, trouble in the church, people show up. I'm sure they said something very helpful. I don't remember it. But I remember them being there. I remember being in the... You know, a hospital go out to have a procedure and somebody's showing up. I'm always in the hospital. I don't know what's going on. I, I just remember people reaching out and caring about us. I don't know what they said. So what you say is so, so less important than just being there. I know it's awkward. You're standing there and you want to say something, but you don't. You say, I don't, here's what you say. I don't know what to say. Except, do you have any food? And then you start eating because something about breaking bread with somebody is powerful. You just, can we just have a meal together? Can we just, can we just, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to help you. I just want you to know you're not alone in this deal. And we're together in this thing. And you can ask me to leave. Oh, you want me to leave now? Okay. And you can, that's okay. You were there. Paul talked about it in Thessalonians. He said it this way. Encourage one another and build each other up as you're already doing because life's hard. So who are you doing that for? I mean, here's the challenge. I know we all want friends like that. I'm blessed to have friends like that. I'm so thankful for friends like that. Guys like Ed Vaughn, they show up for you. He calls me Bubby. 
Where'd that come from, man? I kind of started liking it. See, it's God's plan for you to be an instrument of encouragement to other people because it makes your life bigger. Can you be this kind of friend? Are you pushing somebody towards Jesus Christ? Are you saying, hey, are you pushing? Listen, you can't grow. And the reason I'm just going to say this, I don't know if this is true, but it could be true for some of you. The reason you're not really growing in your relationship with God is because of the people you're hanging out with. And I'm not saying defriend them, unfriend them. Is that what do you say that on Facebook? Is it unfriend, defriend, block? I don't know what it is. You ever block somebody? I block people all the time. Oh, yeah? Block that. You know, it's a... I don't need that noise in my life. (laughs) Yeah, throw some shade somewhere else, buddy. And uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, I'm just saying gravitate toward people that you can encourage to, to lean in with God more than they're doing now. You know? This is the definition John gives us in 1 John. He says, This is how we know what love is. Uh, Jesus Christ laid his life down for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I mean, this is the sacrifice. This is the idea of I'm not living for myself, and I can't have a bunch of friends, but I've got a few friends, and I'm I'm totally available for those friends. And I'm so thankful for the friends that I have that don't put me on a pedestal and make me perform like a pastor. They just want to be my friend, and they, they, they put up with me, and they encourage me. Because that's where growth comes from. You know this passage in Proverbs. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Boy, we need each other to do that. And I know there are friends that you have, just like my lake friends on the weekend, that were so fun to be around. And they're good people. They're really good people. And and you love being around. And it's so much fun. I'm just saying be careful because you might spend all your time having fun and never really get encouragement trust God more. You're not really being sharpened. You're not really growing. And the relationships you have in life as an adult, not just as a kid, but as an adult, really depend on how you're going to grow or how fast you're going to grow or how deep you're going to grow. It's about small group. It's about who you're doing life with. That's what happens. That's why in the next few weeks, you're going to hear a lot of all three of our campuses about small groups. Because this is a great entry point for people for a 10-week season. And you're going to miss three of those. That's the way you are. And you're going to be late to three more because, you know, you're busy. But you're going to get to know some people that you might not have known. And you're going to be able to be an encouragement to people, a lot of people who are new. And you're going to be able to do life. And I know know you're busy and you don't need, I don't have time for that. I hope you make time. I hope this season that's coming up that you'll make time, that you'll connect, that you'll encourage one another. So be thinking about that person today that God has put in your life, that you're their friend, and you spend a lot of time having fun, but you haven't really encouraged to take strength in God. And maybe that relationship could turn because you want that relationship to be more meaningful and deeper. I hope our church is like that. I hope on all three of our campuses, when somebody new walks in, you feel welcomed. I know it's COVID, but I still like to hug. And I know it's not proper, so I give a fist bound or whatever. I don't know what to do. I can't wait till the hugging days return, you know? And because I think people need an embrace. People that moved to the city, I met a fellow down at West End that moved here 
from San Diego to Houston. And he's explaining that to me, and I felt bad for him. I was going, San Diego is such a wonderful, what did you do? You know, what did you do wrong that God would send you here? And he goes, well, you know, what did you? And he just said, well, you know, I took a job here, and I like it here, and people here have been really friendly to me. It's been a great place of connection. And I'm thinking, oh, I hope so. I hope that for West End. So many people move inside the loop every week, and I hope they find our place and they feel like this is a place they can bust in and make friends. The coffee house is going to help us so much. I know that's true at most city. Everybody moving into Siena and uh, River uh, Stone and all the subdivisions down there, I know that's true down there because I was down there this week and met some of the friendliest, nicest, most amazing people. So if you're new at most city, man, you've got a great opportunity to connect. And here at Richmond, I know we're the biggest group out there, but I just think there's a place for us to connect. That's why we built the yard and grill so you could have a meal and watch your kids get hurt. It's so great, you know. <laughs> you, you should do that. So, you know, it's so much fun, you know, to be together. And I hope this is a community that encourages you to trust God more. We need people. Listen, you just studying your Bible, that's a good place to start. Studying your Bible is going to create something good that's going to happen in you. But you seeing the Bible, the truth of Jesus being lived out in your friends, and you living that out, that's where it's at. And you're going to be encouraged to grow and depend on God in deep and profound ways because of the people you're hanging out with and because of the person you want to be. So I pray we're good friends. I really want this. I want to, it's so hard. Our best friends moved to Little Rock. And, um, and so we're making the effort and they're making the effort to stay connected. And I've got new friends. And so I just know that God's brought people into my life for me to encourage because they sure are encouraging me. And I hope you have that kind of life. Don't get too busy for that. Seriously, you'll miss so much of life if you do that. So anyway, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for my friends. I'm so grateful because I can point to the people in my life that made the biggest difference. And I just am so grateful. I'm grateful for people who have just stuck with me and loved on me and uh, treated me um, as something valuable in their life. And I'm so grateful. And I just pray that we would be that kind of friend. And I pray right now, as you're praying on all three campuses, listen to me, as you're praying, why don't you just thank God for somebody, a friend that's come into your life. Why don't you just take a moment and thank God for that person? God, may we be that kind of friend. We thank you that when you defined a relationship with you, you did it only in terms of intimacy. So I pray that we would experience in deep and profound ways your friendship. Because life is hard. And we need each other. So may we build a strong community centered on Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen.